Welcome to Positive Reaction Podcast. My name is Danielle C. Aguilar, better known as Dr. D. My name is Dr. Edwin Serrano, better known as Dr. Pepper, and we are not your average physical therapist, and we will get you ready to react at any given moment. We are here to question healthcare to help you make the best decision to get back to your active lifestyle. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. What's up, guys? We made it back. Hello. I was trying to sing a good song. He totally ruined it. That sounded terrible. Whatever. Okay, so. Can you quit moving that? I'm going to put it down. God, My bad. So, we're going to talk about something really fun, something that I'm super good at. There's not a lot of it. Shut up. Um, I ain't be quiet. I'm just kidding. Pressing. So you're not good at it. Pre- I'm not bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Pressing overhead, whether it's strict press, push press, push jerk. That's it, right? Push up. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's all going up. Get it. <laughs> you man. Oh, I'm going to tell you a joke real quick. Okay. All right. Um, why, um, why is Santa scared to go down the chimney? Because he might get stuck. <laughs> Someone said because he's chunky. But yeah. Uh, no, it's because he's claustrophobic. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I had to tell you. And it has to be on the podcast. That's terrible. Edit that out. I, Anyways. Uh, what's it called? My favorite joke, like ongoing. I have one. I have one too. Tell me. Tell me yours. I, I was like, oh, are you like scared of Santa? He's like, what? Is that, are you claustrophobic? <laughs> I tell people that all the time. You do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're lying. You no, yeah. It's like what? Like, this is like the holiday. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Like I always play with it, play like the claws. Yeah. Claustrophobic. I didn't know. I didn't even, I've never heard of that. I was you like laughing my butt off. Yeah. My yeah. favorite go-to joke. You know how I'm scared of everything. Uh, cemetery. Why is there a fence around a cemetery? Mm, to keep people like you out. <laughs> Yes, most definitely. <laughs> because they're dying to get in. Or is oh, it... my God. <laughs> Stop. Okay, I don't know how I got in that. Dying segment. to get out? Is it dying? It's dying to know. It's dying to get in. I mean, either way, it works. Yeah, it does. I think I say getting in and people say it sounds dumb. Even more reason why I'm keeping it that way. So, when you were in... Let's just I'm talk dying about... dying to get out right now. Shut up. <laughs> Stop. Um, do you ever have... like When we're talking about shoulder press in general... You know, literally how I explained it is how I progressed my overhead athletes. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to do it strict, Mm -hmm. right? And then you want to be able to utilize your body appropriately to perform the push press. Mm -hmm. And then in theory, push jerk should allow you to be able to use the momentum of the bar path or from that dip drive Mm -hmm. uh, and move heavier weight. Yes. Because you're dropping underneath the bar more than actually moving it up. A lot of people think... The push jerk is like you pushing the weight overhead, but in reality, you're getting underneath the weight 100%. and then standing it up. Yeah. So then we're on the same thought process. Sure. Well, I mean, the yeah. <laughs> so when you're going through and we kind of we're piggybacking off of the deadlift, what are some things that you are looking for? when you're watching your athletes strict press i mean i think the first thing that's going to tell you is like the bar path right we talked oh, about yeah, it. Is it completely vertical mm-hmm. um is there a deviation because if at any point does it travel away from the frontal pl- or towards like the frontal plane right, right. um Which is what? uh in front of you <laughs> i 
was trying to think about it. <laughs> so if the bar travels out too far forward, then yeah. you can possibly lose the weight, mm. put your shoulder in a predicament, you can put your back in a predicament, mm. um, right? Mm. Then when you're trying to move heavier weight, then it becomes that much harder to control it. And it's um, no longer, you're working different muscles in my opinion. Like if you're pushing away from, you know, your body, that's now becoming a different muscle just about. Yeah. So I, I look at that, and then I look, um, if the bar path looks okay, then I look, what is their chin doing? Mm, that's a good one. If their chin, kinda like, chin if their chin just goes straight up instead of retracting back, mm-hmm. then I know that they have a likelihood of like also changing the bar path, because mm-hmm. as they fatigue, they're not going to lift their head up as much, uh-huh. then they're going to want to go around their chin, even though they're lifting it. Yeah. Um, so being more efficient with that. And then at the top, um, I just, I think... It's been overemphasized. I keep your shoulder blades down and back. Sure. But then people don't realize it that at the top position, shoulder blades should come out. Right. Um, so I mean, they... just, I'm um, sorry, I was going to say anatomically they should. Yeah, like, they should. That's how it should happen. Yeah, they should kind of like wing out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if they don't, then are is the weight kind of crashing down on them on the top or are they pushing up towards the ceiling? Mm. Right. So is that a cue that I need to give them to get better, more active shoulders? And then again, uh, just looking at everything on the way back down. Bar path, does your chin retract back or does it just tilt up to make it come down? And then... Oh, I feel like that's dangerous. Looking, like, tilting up. Yeah, when you tilt up, I mean, I've seen people hit their chin. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I hit my chin once. And I, mean, I it's was, a big chin. Shut up, I was going to say I have a baby chin. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, all that, all that makes sense. I want to talk a little bit more about the top because you're saying we do want to see winging. I mean, not winging. Not That's winging. a poor choice of words. So just how the scapulas rotate up, yeah. out. Yeah, up and out. Mm-hmm. So when they're in that position, that means that they're active. Yes. So what would you? What are you looking for if they're not active? If they're not active. Yeah. Then so I look, man. This is kind of hard to find the words. So like the inside of the scapula. The oh yeah, to make interior, it. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, the okay. interior angle, like that bottom, the pointy part. The pointy part, yeah. Should be kind of like the long, like the mid rib line. Okay. Right. So, so you're looking for that pointy part and in mm, a certain place. In a certain place. And if it's not in a certain place, then you know there's a uh, like muscular inefficiency okay. issue. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all I was wondering because um, that's what I look at. I honestly look same thing at the inferior border and where is it positioned? Because mm-hmm. we do. I literally, you can. I mean, almost nipple line is where I yeah. kind of sit with. Uh, but either way, it's around that area. What if someone's nipples are lower? <laughs> That is true. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm in, the, in that rib line. Yes. But yeah, th- I mean, I was just making sure that our thought process in terms of what we're looking for, yeah. that makes sense. I think too, um, I hear a lot in weightlifters, it's like, uh, I have overactive traps. My traps are always sore. Oh yeah, talk about that. But, You're really knowledgeable in that. But, You're not knowledgeable in a lot of things, but that's one of them. I kind of tell them that if their traps are sore, they're probably doing it right because you want the, the traps are another upward rotator of the scap right like they're mm-hmm. the ones that uh, so like help move the scapula yeah they may get overworked and they may get sore and you may need to get them needled to kind mm-hmm. of relieve some mm-hmm. of that tension but like if you're doing it right then more than likely your traps are going to be working i think that's a really good point because a lot of people are like i'm just so sore through here and yeah. I, it, i'm not and i've heard that across the board so you know kind of reaffirmation it is normal and it means that you know you you're because of that just like you mentioned that's a big thing it attaches to the scapula it, it facilitates the correct movement and why is the scapula so important i mean we keep saying it right how what what would you tell your athlete like because the scapula we're we're talking about we're looking at, at finite blade, point yeah. yeah at the shoulder blade mm. we're looking at that so much what is it about that that helps 
with you know the overhead movement well there's a glenohumeral rhythm mm. right so, oh yeah well now you're dropping big words okay so there's i know a, what you mean but... there's a rhythm between the shoulder and the shoulder blade that oh, they work together good job sorry right? <laughs> good job and so i always kind of because i get a lot of weightlifters so they ha- kind of have a, a lot of like shoulder issues and um a lot of them end up like trying to be at the top and squeeze their shoulder blades down the back right mm. and i kind of tell them there's a two to one ratio like i know like it changes as they move their arm but i don't get into specifics of it right i said like think about your range of motion if you go up 180 degrees and your arms are completely overhead from the bottom position then your shoulder blade should rotate 90 degrees so that's that two to one ratio they work together and if that doesn't work well then there's like funky points within the shoulder that are going to feel sticky mm-hmm. uh, because muscles aren't working properly. And then you can kind of sh- end up with like shoulder impingement, um, yeah. rotator cuff strains, um, AC joint sprains. So would you say it's like the the driver? Maybe not the driver. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. what is like it's one of the, it's, that was poorly worded, but it's one of the main components or one of the main uh, mm-hmm. factors in the shoulder rhythm it's like your arm is the car and your shoulder blade is the motor i think that works i was gonna say the steering wheel well we no, could, i mean the, the motor, motor gets you there but the car gets there hey i didn't think about that i was like did you just say the same thing <laughs> i got it no that's true i mean that's true because when you when you dissect it and a lot like i use that word scapula so much or shoulder blade mm-hmm. so much and i'm always trying to think of ways of letting them know like hey we're looking at this because it's gonna it is a big vehicle mm-hmm. <laughs> to facilitate proper shoulder movement so if you know we're looking at your back it's not because we're looking at your back we're looking at how it your shoulder blade is moving in conjunction with your actual mm-hmm. arm and that's really only breaking down shoulder blade and like shoulder right yeah like, when you true. go overhead uh, a lot of people like will like, over arch your lower back because they, mm, like, that is have, another one yeah right because they don't have enough thoracic mobility so like if they don't have thoracic extension mm-hmm. and get overhead mobility they're still trying to overhead press well if they compensate by you know overarching their low back then they're really not accessing more range of motion on the shoulder. They're right. just like cranking on it over and over and over. Then back pain comes and into then, the issue. Well, back pain comes into an issue, but then the shoulder can get injured. Well, yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's true. Yeah, speak, not deviating from the, the topic. Yeah, you're right. Um, that is a big compensation that we see. I'm mm-hmm. guilty of it. Um, overarching to try and facilitate more overhead movement. Not yeah. a good thing. And, and just in that same breath, I'm trying to think of what other common... Um, I wanted to say impairments. What other common movements that mm-hmm. we see overhead that people... Uh, compensations. What other common compensations are done to achieve overhead? I mean, I think we covered it. When you're trying to push overhead, you get you try pushing the barbell away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, the overarching to try and facilitate getting it back in, you know, what we would call the frontal plane right above our head. Yeah, those are those are things that you know we look for, and then going back all the way around, all the way back to the point of what we're talking about, we have those three movements: strict press. Mm-hmm. And, and would you progress like whenever you have an athlete that presents, especially your weightlifters? I think this is because this is going to really cater to you. When you have someone who has a poor overhead position, and mm-hmm. uh, do you start? How how does that progression look? Do you go through strict press, push press, push jerk? Um, Is that how you do what we call graded exposure? So it depends, uh, but usually like a lot of static stuff. So if you do strict press and like a lot of them are used to snatching or overhead squatting, Mm. 
Um, another thing I like to do when they're with like a strict press, even a push press, just so they know what that shoulder feels like or what it should feel like. I have, I look at their overhead squat and then I dose that as well Okay. because that helps them like get that top position where like the weight is pushing down on them and they mm-hmm. have to be very active and it's through a big movement. Um, then at that point, then I get a little bit more dynamic with the push and the jerk. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I mean, you're still going strict, but I like, I mean, you're right with mm-hmm. your specific population. Yeah. One of their primary movements is snatch. Mm-hmm. So that you're going to have to do that. But yeah, I think that, you know, just kind of covering, I like that we're breaking down certain movements, right? Mm-hmm. Strict press, push press, push jerk. Um, you know, for those of you listening, we want to make sure that we dive into a lot of these um, movements and, and really help break down what we're looking for, which you know, in summary, we talked about the scapula. That's mm-hmm. a big thing we look at. Uh, and then also just our thoracic mobility, which we didn't really talk too much about that. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing is if you have a stiff upper back, what is one way you can self-assess if you have a stiff upper back? Upper back. Um, I've seen you do it in clinics, I think. So just general movement screen for yourself is like if you get up against the wall and then you kind of like do a pelvic tilt where you kind of bring your uh, tailbone up like towards you, tuck, you, it, underneath tuck you. it underneath you, and then your back is flat against the wall. And then just kind of reach back, and then grab a PVC pipe, and then you can kind of see like how far you can get overhead. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of tells you one of your limited overhead, but is it really due to shoulder or is it due to thoracic mobility? That's one. Um, I see that one done a lot, and it's it's pretty simple. Yeah, it's so, pretty simple. That one is a good one. I was trying to think of a nut like, I mean, just overall tightness. And when you do, when you basically lift your hands overhead, mm-hmm. no, but I don't. I wouldn't want you to do that. I like this better. Mm-hmm. I have my athletes just sit up against the wall, reach overhead, and see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, how do you differentiate between lat tightness and actually just, or I guess I was gonna say shoulder tightness, but how do you like? You know how the lats take up a big part of your back, back musculature. Uh, I do think that lats do feed into the problem a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a specific test that you do with uh, that? Actually, if you do that same test, but palms up. Oh, uh, yeah. And then hold the PVC pipe. Some people will cheat and their like, pinky will come off the PVC pipe and kind of come off so they can reach towards the wall. That's right, yeah. But I try to maintain like a full grip and then that'll tell me lats. I mean, when I was going through my fellowship, a uh, simple one was same concepts, right? They're laying on their back. Back is nice and flat. Then you just bring each arm overhead. Can they touch the table? Mm-hmm. If they can't at the elbow with their arm straight, then that means their lats are short. I don't like the word tight. Short? I mean, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's just me. I've just never taken to it because tight is so overutilized, I think, in like athlete population. This feels tight. This feels tight. And then it's like, is it tight? Is it short? Is it weak? Okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can respect the lingo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, keep moving. Do all the fun stuff in terms of exercising. Still, congrats on your half marathon. I know that oh, was yeah, like thanks. forever ago. Um, but if you guys have any shoulder pain with any of the overhead movements that we listed, or just shoulder pain in general. Or just any pain. Or just any pain. <laughs> I have a pain in my ass right now. <laughs> Shut up. All right, guys. Until next time. Take have it a good easy. One. Have a good one. Bye. Remember, this is Positive Reaction Podcast. This is Dr. D. And Dr. Serrano, where Where you you come come first. first.